it got hotter as I went, you know, farther west. But something else got hotter as they went farther east. Dude, Hunter Renfro and the Milwaukee Brewers. I know they couldn't finish the sweep yesterday, and I, I know a bitch about some defensive stuff for one Colton Wong of the Milwaukee Brewers. But oh my God, Brewers are the actually Brewers went hot. undefeated. They are Brewers did. They went undefeated over the weekend. Colton Wong went zero one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brewers what that was it seven to two yesterday. Uh, they couldn't complete the sweep. But Hunter Renfro, holy shnikes, Rowdy! If we can get this guy uh, to be hot in the playoffs, then look out as Renfro has just been a man possessed, and the Brewers have only lost two games uh, since the All-Star break. Yeah, and they've jumped way up when it comes to runs per game in the league. I think before the All-Star break, they were right around 12 to 14 for runs per game. They've now creeped into the top six. They are just crushing it, man. Yeah, Renfro, a two-run shot over the Green Monsters. Second straight day, I went home where he was a four for four. Brewers, only their second loss in nine games. Uh, after the All-Star break, Craig Council talking about it uh, on Saturday. I was watching some videos getting caught up. Was like everything just seems to be going right for the Milwaukee Brewers. Except yesterday. You can't, you can't win them all, right, Rowdy? I mean, they've only lost two games. No, but you break. should catch balls that are thrown right at you and <laughs> hits you right in the mid. And then you come out and have comments saying how, uh, you know, it was such a tough play, but you still should have made it. I don't, can you, have you been able to figure out Colton Wong and his defensive woes this season? Well, at some point, you just say you're just not that good at it anymore. You just lose but it eventually? It makes, it makes zero sense because he's in the prime of his career. I think it's literally just focus. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, Renfro, I'm sorry, uh, Wong dropping the, the throw on, on an attempted force play from Willie Adamas. Council, as Rowdy just said, quote, it's a tough catch. It's a player on the run making a 50-foot throw, and it's just kind of at your ankles. Tough play. Hope to make it. End quote. Craig Council. Oh, how about Renfro, though, Rowdy? This dude is nuts. Renfro, 19th homer yesterday. He hit 31 last year in his only season with Boston. Uh, or And then was dealt to the crew, obviously, in November. Dude, Hunter Renfro. So if we look at this Brewers team, Rowdy, are we seeing now the uh, offense? What'd they say? When it gets a little hotter, the offense gets going. It's been hot for a while, though. Uh, what are we looking at at this offense? Is it just Hunter Renfro putting it on his back, or is everyone finally just coming no, around? It's after a little that bit break? everyone playing a little bit better. I think everyone since the All Star break has been playing much better, except for probably Willie Adams. Yeah, who continues to strike out, pop out, or hit a home run? Yeah, Willie's hitting what two nineteen now. As uh, did get a hit yesterday, but you know, four for uh, one of four. Uh, you have Yelly, who's kind of turning around now too. Rowdy, what do we think about Christian Yelich? Yeah, since they put him into the leadoff spot, he's batting three hundred. Is he worth that twenty-seven million dollars? Still not worth that twenty-seven million, <laughs> but you'll take what you're getting right now versus what you've got in the last two years. Yeah. Uh, so trade deadline's coming up for the Milwaukee Brewers, right? What is that? Um, is that tomorrow or the 5th? It's the 2nd. Tomorrow is the trade deadline. Tomorrow, August 2nd. Yeah, 3 p.m. Yeah, yeah, 3 p.m., August 2nd, your trade deadline. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers have, well, who'd they pick up? That one relief pitcher that was released from the Giants? Yeah, I don't even, I don't consider that a trade <laughs> deadline. Jake McGee was yeah, Jake McGee, waived by the Giants. He was DFA'd, and the Brewers picked him up uh, I don't. If that's the only move they make, I don't consider that a trade deadline deal. Yeah, that'd be the standing pat for the. Milwaukee it's something Brewers. that could help you, and could almost be like an in facto uh, relief pitcher pickup. But it's really not a trade. Yeah. Uh, again, this is this is what happens every trade deadline for the Milwaukee Brewers. I just this was uh, written uh, yesterday. Uh, MLB trade rumors. Brewers. Take a guess who who's who's getting interest for the Brewers for them trading away. It happens every year. Josh Hader. Bingo. Brewers, Josh Hader receiving interest ahead of deadline. Uh, So according to John Heyman, the Milwaukee Brewers are receiving calls from teams interested in trading their closer, Josh Hader. Uh, Heyman, though, added there's no indication that Hader is actually available, but the Brewers seem willing to listen to offers. What's more uh, likely to happen? If you're a team that's in playoff contention and you have one of the best closers in the game, it's going to be probably pretty hard to sell. Yes. To your fan base, you're going to trade one of the top closers when you're going to be in the playoffs. I just love these articles every year because in what world would the Brewers, as Rowdy just suggested, trade Josh Hader when they are a playoff team looking to win the NL Central and uh, you know could help them storm to the World Series? Speaking of storming, what's more likely to happen? It, it flash floods and rains again and, and floods casinos in Las Vegas, Rowdy, the desert, or Josh Hader gets traded uh, before tomorrow, 3 p.m.? Well, those flash floods in Vegas, don't they normally happen like once a year? 
It maybe twice. not to yeah, maybe not to that extent, but normally they get a ton of rain like once a year. Thursday night and Friday night it happened, Rowdy, when I was there. Well, Josh Hader hasn't been traded once he's been in the <laughs> Brewers organization. So. so Vegas, you're getting another flash flood coming up here. Yeah, Hader, uh, you know, leads what? The majors, twenty nine saves. Off to a great start. He had that little hiccup in July, but Hader now putting it back together. Hater, absolutely crazy. Every year, though, you get the, well, Hater, we should trade him. Well, we should trade him. Never. And as Rowdy said again, what universe would you suggest? A lot of the guys that the Milwaukee Brewers were linked to. Now, I know that doesn't mean any uh, everything, especially because a lot of times when the Brewers make these trades, it kind of comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the names that ha- the Brewers have been linked to have, A, either been dealt, or two, the team saying that they're actually not going to deal the player. Like the pirates are now saying they're not going to trade Brian Reynolds. Oh, really? But the only name that I've seen the Milwaukee Brewers linked to recently, if they have not already been traded or said they weren't going to be traded, guess who it is? Joey Gallo. I, would, I just pulled it up, Rowdy. Joey Gallo, because uh, our our guy, Terry, the king of the north, God, he called in. Oh, was that like a month ago? I, we haven't heard from Terry in a while. Terry, if you're if you're out there, brother, we love you. But he had said, getting for Joey Gallo. Gallo, he wanted what to send Yelly for Gallo straight up. Not that's not that'll happening. never happen. That'll never happen. Uh, but right here, another John Heyman tweet: Yankees and Brewers have indeed talked a bit about Joey Gallo. I did laugh at some of the comments. One saying, "Why would the Brewers be interested in Gallo? He sucks." I was. Um, it's funny, Rowdy, because again, I'm not. I'll, I'll, I'm not going to keep bringing up Vegas, but some things happen out there where um, you know there's every walk of life out there. I was at some pool party on Saturday, and there's a lot of people that have uh, bartenders that work there that are from either some are from California, a lot were from New York, and a lot of them were Yankees fans. Which, like Yankees are probably like the most well-known team around. And I brought up Joey Gallo, like, Oh, I'm a Brewers fan. And like, uh, I heard your Joey Gallo sucking everyone that I ever met. Rowdy absolutely despised and hated Joey Gallo. That was from New York. And rightfully so the dude's batting. Like, what is he batting? It's like one sixty-five, something like that. Joey get, why would the Milwaukee Brewers now? Some guys do need a, just a change of scenery, but why would the Milwaukee Brewers want Joey Gallo? Who's batting? Uh, let's see here. One fifty-nine. I just Whew. pulled it up. Why would the Milwaukee Brewers, who uh, leading into the All-Star break had their bats pretty quiet. Why would you want to bring in a guy who's batting 159? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, oh, like you said, change of scenery. Also hoping that you can get the Texas form instead of the New York form where you have all the media and all the spotlights. He did play a lot better in in Arlington and Texas, but still, that's... That's a lot of hope. That's a lot of fingers crossed hope to improve your team, wouldn't you think? Yes. Also, bringing in Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo's played third base and he's played corner outfield. I don't know if he's really going to fit. No. If he's, he's, I don't think he's an improvement at third base. I don't think that at all. And in the corners, you don't really need to upgrade your corners when you have Yelich batting leadoff, yeah. hitting three hundred since doing so, and Hunter Renfro being your best offensive player this season, and he's healthy yeah. and currently mashing. He's not going to play center field, and if he is, then your uh, your defense has definitely gotten worse. Now, obviously, if they were it's to already a bad defense, <laughs> yeah, if, uh, Colton Long like yesterday. Uh, if they were to trade Josh Hader, that would be probably the biggest explanation you'd have to give to your fan base. But, Rowdy, would the second biggest explanation you'd have to give to your fan base of who's desperately wanting a big bat, why you why you brought in a guy who's batting 159? So, <laughs> with David Stearns, is he just getting hammered? On Saturday, the Milwaukee Brewers were on FS1. Yeah. So, na- obviously, national commentators, they have, like, Frank Thomas, and uh, I think Dontrell Willis was on the call. Ooh, D-Train? It is pretty funny listening to some of those guys talk when they clearly don't watch much about the Brewers. No, yeah. They probably don't even know where they are. Yeah, Frank Thomas before uh, the game, he was talking about, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what the Brewers do. They obviously, they pitch well and they play good defense, but they need to add a bat. Because he's like, I'd like to see him add one more big bat. I'm like, clearly you don't watch them that much because their defense has been dog crap this year. The pitching, I'll agree with, but the defense, dog, and that that continued over the weekend. And and you know what? Every single time I feel like there is a big or consistently an error in the field, it always comes from the same guy. And he's supposed to be one of your best defenders. Yeah, he's got a gold glove, doesn't he, Rowdy? 
He's got two. Excuse me, two for Colton Wong. So a big bat in Joey Gallo. That's like, no. We'll get more into it uh, coming up here as the trade deadline is tomorrow. Rowdy, speaking of the Yankees, though, we talked about it really quick in the 6 o'clock hour. How does this make any sense? What do you think, before I tell you the name, I know who the name is, before I say that, what are the Brewers most need before the trade deadline here? I would say the biggest need would be center field. And it's clearly the biggest need. Oh, or a guy with a guy with a stick, right? Like somebody a center fielder ball. with a bat. Yeah. Let me ask you this. What if you got a guy who was batting 159? Would that do anything for you? No. Why in the world are the Brewers then linked to one Joey Gallo for the New York Yankees? Yeah, but the weirdest part is it's not just him. It's multiple other teams. It's like the Padres, the Rays. <laughs> I get it's like a guy that... He played third base. He played some corner outfield. So in theory for the Milwaukee Brewers, that could fit a little bit of the bill. But all of a sudden, Luis Arias, Colton Wong have started swinging the bats decently well. Now, Colton Wong still can't figure out how to use his glove, no. but uh, which is weird. But yeah, all of a sudden, Luis Arias and Colton Wong over the last month and a half have raised their batting averages like both roughly 20 or more points. So I don't know if if third base is now that big of a need if those two guys continue to play well. But yeah, I get it. It could be a need. But the fact that he's sucked this bad. It it has been. Could it be a change of scenery? Could it be he just doesn't like the New York media and being under the spotlight? Because he played a lot better in Texas. Yeah. I don't know. Joey Gallo to me has always been a big swinger miss guy. He's he's well, now he's just a miss guy. Yeah, he's definitely a she gone movement guy, and he's been missing a lot. Yeah, he is tough. One fifty nine, he is batting. Um, in fact, Yankee fans are even booing him when he's out there wearing the pinstripes. And the Milwaukee Brewers, from John Heyman and a couple other people, linked with discussions with the Yankees for one Joey Gallo. I mean, he's kind of turned into Chris Davis, if you remember the Baltimore Oriole. Yeah. Not the former Brewer, but the other Chris Davis. With a C. Yeah. Had a couple of really good years, and then all of a sudden became a guy that can't even hit 200 and really isn't even producing much power either. I'm... If it's me in the front office, I get that, hey, maybe if you can somehow find that Joey Gallo from years ago where he bats like 240 and hits like 35 bombs and he's actually a decent player, Mm. I get it, but I just, if it's me... I'm not going after Joey Gallo. I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to give up anything he's, to he's get that. He's betting 159. Like you should be, give up a bag of balls to get. I him. wouldn't even want to give up a bag of balls. I, the I would have to have the Yankees be like, here. Take would you give him up from us? Would you give up Hank the dog for him? You mean Hank Five? Yeah, and whatever clone they're on now of Hank. Would you give up Hank's like third, fourth generation of clone? I, I wouldn't give up anything for Joey Gallo. Uh, the, well, the past year has demonstrated how low the floor is. Gallo is perhaps the most intriguing bat on the trade block because he has plenty of upside of his career and maybe just needs a change of scenery. I'd have to have the Yankees pay for a lot of that contract, and uh, they maybe get like a low-level minor leaguer. Uh, let's see here. Gallo. Oof, let's see here. Gallo is known for his extreme three-true-outcomes approach. For his career, 37.1% of his plate appearances have ended in a strikeout, 15% in a walk, and 6.4% in home runs. Gallo owns just a lifetime .201 batting average, but the walks and home runs have helped him post a solid 111 OPS+. He has also provided value in the field, grading as a plus outfielder. He's batting 159. Yeah, and he doesn't play center field. Like... We're already pulling our hair out with the Milwaukee Brewers before the All-Star break about how some of these guys were using their stick. And now you want to bring in a guy who's 115. Yeah, but the thing is, oh, he's a plus defender in the outfield. I know he also played third base, but Ebo, you have Christian Yelich in left. You have Renfro in right. Mm -hmm. Renfro has been a solid defender for the Milwaukee Brewers, more so because of his arm. You got Jonathan Davis in center, Rowdy. You don't have anyone in center. Joey Gallo's not going to play center field. Christian Yelich at this stage in his career is not going to play center field. And Hunter Renfro could probably be thrown in center field if you're in a pinch. 
but that's going to be even worse than when they had to throw Aviso Garcia in center field. What was that? Two years ago when yeah. they were in a real pinch. Yeah. That, that would look even worse than that. So what is your gut telling you about the Milwaukee Brewers and what they're going to do tomorrow? I don't think they line. do much to be honest. I think they don't. I think they stand. It's the stand patter. They might get another arm for bullpen depth. That's all, that's all they're going to do. And maybe, maybe like a quick little patch job for like an outfielder. But I, I just don't, the market. So I was actually talking about this over the weekend. It seems like there's not as many names out there floating around in the market than there normally is. And I think that has to do with um, the new six teams get into each, uh, each side postseason. Yeah. So now that's 12 teams, right? Mm-hmm. You have 30 teams in baseball. Then when you look at uh, some of the really, 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 really bad teams, most of them are, are playing with prospects or quadruple A players where they know they're not good. They're just trying to uh, give some of the younger players experience or some of those like kind of scabs that are kind of around, but never that great. Yeah, scabs. They're not really looking to get rid of too many people. So it's like cut off the bottom five or six teams there. Cause they're not interested in really trading many people. You're working with a smaller pool of teams and then when you when you go even further, you have your six teams from each uh, league, but then you have a few teams that are below those six teams that still think they're currently competing with two months left. Yep. It just shrinks the it shrinks the pool of teams that know that they want to sell right now. Like you have Boston, Boston two weeks ago was in the playoffs. No, they're terrible. And now. the East is so good, and then they went on such a bad losing streak. Now they're sellers. Yeah, they stink. Same exact thing with the San Francisco Giants. They're 500. They're currently three games behind the Cardinals, but they hadn't been playing the best baseball. They were firmly in the playoffs two weeks ago. Yep. Now it's like, they went three are we buyers or are we sellers? They're, they're 500 or 51 to 51. They're in no man's land. But like, yeah, they're in no man's land at the deadline yeah. where everyone else, the Marlins, the Rockies, they're all so far out of it. Like, the Marlins are the second place team behind San Francisco that are just out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're, f- they're f- eight games out. <laughs> the Marlins don't have a team that can make up eight games. No. But then at the other thing is the Marlins have a lot of some young talent where it's like, they're not necessarily going to be trading any of it. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like if they do, it's going to be like a patch job. It's not going to be a Juan Soto. It's not going to be some big time name. Also, the Pirates announced over the weekend that they didn't want to trade Brian Reynolds. He was one of the other big center field options that was out there. So it looks like they're going to hold on to him. Hasn't been a whole lot of talk on Brandon Drury for the Cincinnati Reds, even though he's still been playing really well. Yeah, haven't haven't heard a lot of news for the for the Milwaukee Brewers, but sometimes that's when they become most active. Yeah, all I've heard They're is Josh the weeds. Could he be traded? Joey Gallo? Could he be traded to Milwaukee? And then and they're in the conversation for Benintendi else. for a second. Like, you know, we were we were talking about the Benintendi trade, and then nothing happened. Supposedly, they still have interest in Juan Soto, the crew. Yeah, but so that's, do I. Uh, yeah, so so does everyone and their uncle and aunt and and little brother and sister. Anyone that's affiliated with any GM in any major league baseball organization, they have interest in. But we talked about the going rate that was supposedly dropped out there. I think it was for the Yankees was like five out of their top 10 prospects and Gliber Torres. Crazy, crazy. And then, yeah, I mean, Rowdy just brought up Josh Hader news too. It's like every trade deadline. There's the, you're not trading Josh Hader right now. Teams are interested in Josh Hader. Well, yeah, teams are also interested in Juan Soto too. Also water is wet. Breaking news. Look at that. Like, you're, you'd be stupid to trade Josh Hader right now. If Josh Trader ever gets traded, it's in the offseason. Or it's in a season in which the Brewers were terrible and they're not actually competing for the playoffs. Because when it comes to the playoffs, it comes to pitching and defense with timely hitting. Clearly, you're going to want one of the best closers in the game if you're going to make the playoffs for a potential playoff run. I would... To quote King, eat my hat. He said, wait, he said something. If like they traded Josh Hader. Speaking of the King, he did jump on Twitch a little bit ago and he said something about eating a hat. I'll have to go find it again for you. I don't see it. Oh, he says, I'll eat my hat if the Bears win more than seven games. That's what he said. That's what it was. 
So, King, I'll eat that hat with you, too, if the Bears win more than seven games. But, yeah, Rowdy, I mean, will you eat your hat, then, for if Josh Hader gets traded? I, I just don't see how he would be traded right now. No. If not. he got traded in the offseason, like, if he gets traded in December or January, would I be surprised? No, it kind of makes sense, right? He was going into his last year. You're trying to get a haul for him. But to trade him right now at the trade deadline doesn't make sense when you have a team that's competing that you plan on being in the playoffs. Yeah. So there you go. What are the Brewers going to do? Pop quiz, hot shot. The trade deadline's tomorrow at 3 p.m. What do you do? What do you do? Uh, the Brewers probably nothing. They'll get a low-level reliever or a mid-level reliever. I think right now... We can come back. We can talk a little bit more Brewers because I did do a deep dive into their injuries because they've had a ton of them. Let's do it. You do. You will feel a little bit better even if the Brewers made absolutely no moves after this injury update. All right, something else I might be bashing my head over, Rowdy, is the Brewers and the trade deadline. If they were to get Joey Gallo, I have no idea what to do. Uh, you went through their injuries. Yeah, so it was, I can't remember if this was Friday night or Saturday afternoon. I was like, yeah, I haven't checked in on some of their injury updates. And you know how they've been plagued with injuries this year. Yeah. And did some reading and looked up some statistics and box scores. So Luis Perdomo, who is a you know low leverage reliever, but bullpen depth, he has made back-to-back um, appearances out of the bullpen on back-to-back nights after doing like a rehab start. Sounds like he's pretty close to returning. Mm-hmm. So that adds to... It's not a it's not a great bullpen arm. It's not like you're you're all of a sudden bringing in some star uh, relief pitcher, but it at least adds depth for the rest of the season. So he's getting close. Miguel Sanchez, who we've he, we've seen him shuffled back and forth the last couple seasons between AAA and Milwaukee. Yeah, he suffered a setback, so he has to restart his entire rehab. So he has no timetable. That's actually the only bad news that there was. Justin Topa had now made, when I was looking at it, three starts at uh, AAA Nashville. All three, he did not uh, give up a run. Yeah, Justin Topa was a guy that was absolutely electric like two years ago for the Brewers. But that's the thing with him in his career. He's been really good with a a big-time fastball and a big-time running fastball. What happened to that guy? he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Yeah. He's had like two or three Tommy John surgeries. And then um, I don't know if you saw what has kept him out so far this year, but they ended up in his one physical before the season said he was having some arm issues where his arm hurt. Well, he got it looked at. He ended up having a golf ball sized scar tissue in his elbow. So it oh, had, I to, be re- me that. It yeah. had to be removed. Look at your elbow. Yeah. Imagine there being a golf ball, a golf ball sized scar tissue in there. Yeah, that's wouldn't feel good. But yeah, he's he's now made as of Saturday. He had made three appearances, having given up a run in Nashville. So they think that he could be back sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake Cousins, Kirk Cousins' cousin. Yeah, Jake Cousins. He was a guy that was a pretty good uh, arm for them out of the bullpen. Big strikeout guy last season. Remember, he got hurt early, like the first, second or third week of the season. Mm-hmm. He has now made appearances in rookie ball and AAA for rehab. They believe he could be back sooner than later. So that's another bullpen arm. And then uh, Adrian Hauser started throwing a bullpen over the that week, and he was supposed to start simulated games coming up that weekend and, and further on before he went out for rehab starts. They were thinking he would be probably somewhere between three and uh, two and three weeks away. Yeah. So that's another one of your starters because they've had injuries to four out of their top six starters. Mm-hmm. And then Freddie Peralta, which was the big news, yes. had made his, his, uh, his second start in AAA and has looked pretty good in both of those starts. And... He's actually getting the call up early. Yeah. At the time I was reading that uh, article, Ebo, they thought he'd be about two weeks away. Turns out he's going to be about less than a week away as they're bringing him up it's early. Yeah. And then the only other uh, the only other injury that there is, but there's not a ton of news on it, is Jace Peterson's elbow. He had to get a shot in his elbow, and he's probably going to be out until at least mid-August. But when you talk about it, All of these guys outside of Miguel Sanchez, who's completely has to restart his rehab and Jace Peterson, who, you know, is going to be out until at least mid August just because of the, the shot in the elbow. Yeah. 
everyone else sounds like they should be back in the next two or three weeks or at least be able to be uh, lifted to that Milwaukee Brewers uh, roster in the next two or three weeks. And, you know, Justin Topa, guy that's electric, if he can stay healthy, maybe that's a pretty that's a impact arm if he's as good as he was in 2020. For sure, for sure. But then it's just in general, it's all same thing with uh, Jake Cousins. He had an electric arm last year, hadn't really got to use him, and he struggled early. Could have been because he had a sore elbow. But then, just Makes in general, that's a lot of pitching depth. Yeah, that time. you haven't had. So maybe they don't need to do that then in the trade deadline. I think you still got to go get at least one more solid reliever. Just a for the insurance and B for those six, seven, eight, nine, uh, ninth innings. Got to have another good arm. That's reliable. Like I I think Jake cousins has a lot of ability. I think Justin Topa has a lot of ability. We've seen it, but I would rather have a proven six, seventh, eighth inning guy from another team. That's been there all year than a guy that we've seen flashes from. Totally. Like I, I want the known commodity, not the one that's flashed here and there. Yeah. Football jet, camp jet line. for Wisconsin starts on Wednesday. What's the, what's it like in the because you were at the team for five years already? What's the buzz like around campus? And once you get going on uh, for a camp, what's, well, what's nobody's what's there, like? so there is no real buzz. What's around the buzz campus? when they start coming? Uh, but you start getting you're you're a few days away here, and I mean it starts in July. Like you just want everything to start. Yeah, like you become restless. It's like you're kind of chomping at the bit. It's like when when you've spent enough time when you get to camp and you've spent enough time in camp and like those fights start occurring. Yeah. It's because you're sick of seeing the same guy line up across from you. You don't hate him, but it's just like hit someone else. I want something else. Yeah. Uh, so on Friday when I was gone, what were uh, Kazak and obviously Ben were at Big Ten Media Days. What was the scuttlebutt? Did you guys talk Wisconsin football? On Friday at all? Uh, just talking about like, um, recapping Big Ten Media Days? Yeah, we talked. It, it was really... a little bit of Big Ten yeah. Media Days, a little bit of Wisconsin football, but I would say the majority of the show was Brewers and Packers. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. and once football comes around, and, I mean, that really starts to P.J. Fleck. Oh, that's easy to do. Yeah. Uh, let's see, you know, the UW enters camp with several new faces at coaching staff. You know, you got the new offensive coordinator, Bobby Ingram, who was uh, the former Baltimore Ravens tight end coach. Yep. So going to attempt to reinvigorate a stagnant Badgers offense that produced fewer than 26 points per game in back-to-back seasons for the first time since 1991. Do you think, um, and I hate reverting back to like, you know, to blame COVID and stuff and this and that, but do you think that COVID really like, no, Wisconsin's not like a juggernaut like Ohio State when it comes to things, and I don't know Michigan went out there and won the Big Ten. But do you think that for a program like Wisconsin that you saw steadily going up, 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 do you think COVID really threw a monkey wrench into like their ascent up into maybe that Tier 1 instead of straddling the Tier it, 1, Tier 2? It threw a wrench into their recruiting. I think that's the only part that it really threw a wrench into. Um, and not not the play calling, not any, I think we also had an issue of the former offensive coordinator O-line coach maybe yeah. not being as good as everybody thought he was. Um, I mean, heck, we've been talking about ever since Bob Bostead came back, hey, your best O-line coach is now coaching your linebackers. Yeah. Um, you had that. You had the situation where we, we – and we saw it this year during the first round of – and, you know, it's not – like the four or five star recruits, but kids commit like immediately once they step foot on campus here. Yeah. When you have to do everything strictly well, virtual, it's kind of hard to show to sell them on it. what Madison is like. Yeah. Cause when, I mean, hell you got guys coming from Hawaii that yeah. want to be here. Right. Like, huh? Yeah. Hawaii. Well, obviously I get their football program and there is like their stadiums condemned. So you like, you know, but the sights and sounds of Hawaii and then you come here and you're like, oh, my God, once you get to Madison and you look around the campus like this place freaking rules. Yeah. And that's been something almost every coaching staff could do when kids came to Madison. Yeah. Um, And it's one of those you see, uh, you know, some some of these ridiculous locker rooms and facilities. Oh, dude. I mean, they have to be like that because I'm sorry, Tuscaloosa, Alabama ain't that great of a place to go. No, but oh my God, it's palatial <laughs> when you walk into that right. locker room. Outside of that, it's not anything to write home about. 
No. Uh, you know, Madison, like, it's hard to come to Madison on a beautiful day and they take them to the Edgewater, sit on that patio beautiful. overlooking the lake, yep. having some really good food and just enjoying the weather and not bringing up the winters. And hey. <laughs> I mean, with the way things are going, maybe we'll, you know what we've been told it'll be tropical, right? Coming up, right, Rowdy? We'll have the Packers have the Super Bowl in twenty fifty, and but yeah, as you as you have them down there around the Union with the food or whatever, yeah. you just drop the yep, and it only gets about fifteen degrees colder than this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just beautiful the sight lines. All right, so um, of camp starting on Wednesday. I was, you know, Chris was talking about, Paul Chris was talking about how the likes of like Ches Malusi was coming back from ACL injury and Garendo foot injury. They're going to partake? Limited. Limited. Participation, but yeah. Uh, you know, looking at the the running back room, and obviously the bread and butter of Wisconsin is, you know, big time running back. Yeah, Braylon Allen out there toting the rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jackson Aker officially moved to fullback. Mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, We saw Zach tweet that out from Big Ten Media Days. And then, you know, I guess that's always the question, and it gets kind of, you know, every year we kind of talk about this, and it's the same thing. It's, A, can the quarterback take the next step, i.e. Graham Mertz, and, you know, what's going to happen with those wide receivers? Mm-hmm. Ray DK. I mean, is this dude, is this he cemented, supplanted as the true number one yeah, for Wisconsin? He's, he's your number one right now. Um, but you also look at some of the I looks younger at Keontas Lewis, the transfer coming yeah, in. Yeah, there's Keontas Lewis. Um, Skyler Bell. Um, <clears throat> Allen. Allen and Bell were the two that had yeah. flashes in the bowl, the Vegas Bowl yep. against Arizona State, but they were also two true freshmen that really never got any run because Kendrick Pryor and Danny Davis were the, and you know, the, don't forget Jack Dunn and Jack Dunn were the longtime receivers that had been there forever. And, yeah, and then there's uh, you think like Marcus Steven, Allen or Dean Ingram or and, S- Steve, Steven Stephan, one of those two, Brady, uh, who. Um, He's one of those Michigan kids that came in uh, in that five-kid Michigan class. Yeah. Uh, he stayed around. He's supposed to be decent, but that's another one. Got buried uh, due to the top three guys. And I found it interesting, Chris's comments. Uh, we're going to have a lot of competitions at a lot of positions. This is a good thing, though. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely a, thing. a good thing. Yeah. Like it, That's the first time I've heard that in a long time. Just not and, a quarterback. Well... Who else are you going to play? Oh, I'm, I'm saying there's no, um, there's no competition well, Also there. at receiver, Dean Ingram's just yep, switched just to receiver. Yep. Yeah. He's been playing corner. Yeah. yeah. So you got a lot of new faces, um, and we'll, we'll see what what we got there. But it, it's kind of crazy the amount of new faces we'll see in that receiving core outside of Chimray DK. And some of them we have seen, like you said, bowl game. But they haven't gotten a lot of chance to do anything. Yeah, and again, I mean, when it comes to chance, when those, especially those wide receivers, it's like, what can Graham Mertz do? And I'm kind of getting just, and I, I think we're all kind of just sick of the players. Like, well, it, this has got to be the year. Can he take that next step? It's like, yeah, yes. But you were talking about, you know, offensive line. It's nice to have stability there. Rowdy had something to tip your tongue. No, I'm just, I'm looking at the the offense for the Wisconsin Badgers, and obviously, you're going to say, well, we need the quarterback to play yeah. well. But that's every single team because if you don't have good quarterback <laughs> yeah, play. Doomed. 26 points go that per far. game. But, like, I look at the offensive line, and I know they have a lot of high-rated stars. Yeah. A lot of people are in, in favor of Bostead moving to the offensive line, moving back to the offensive mm-hmm. line. And I just feel like that offensive line should be a lot better. We saw yeah. that once they got uh, Braylon Allen running the football, the offensive line looked more inspired. Yeah. But also, another thing is... They're, they just seem too talented to not continue to get better. Yeah. Right. And then with the running backs, you know that you have Braylon Allen. You know that if Ches Malusi is healthy, you got a nice one-two punch. I don't know. I feel like um, I feel like I have more question marks about the tight end room than I do the wide receiver room. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one. You missing Barry Alvarez's grandson? Well, I mean, you knew that when Jake Ferguson was there, you knew that he was. Yeah, going to be good for a few catches a game, if not more. And he was going to do all the things that you asked him to do. Mm-hmm. Like, can you name a tight end outside of Cam Large, who was the only one who didn't get injured? Uh, you got Hayden Rucci, who's been injured, and he um, was a big time recruit. Eichen, I, 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 Eschen, I, Eschenbach, 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 who was hurt. Yeah, um, who is the Cundiff 
Let's see. Who got yeah. hurt? I'm so list. I mean, like outside of Cam Large, anyone you name has not had playing time because they've been out with injury. Well, the thing with uh, Cundiff, Jack was, Pugh, Cole Dakovich, isn't he the one who had the Jaylen longest Franklin? play from scrimmage? Yeah, he had this. He like had a couple Notre of Dame, right? nice plays in this season, and it was like, man, maybe that's the guy that's going to be the guy after Jake Ferguson because he had that really deep play against yeah. Notre yeah. Dame yeah. where he caught it over his shoulder, but then he tore his. ACL, if I remember correctly, was that, or he, or he is did he the something one who broke, to his. He broke his leg, got carted yeah, off he did the field. He did yeah. something to his leg where yeah. all of a sudden he was done for the. It looked the really, season. That was the that was the injury down in the red zone near the south end zone that all of a sudden everybody turns and is like, get out! Of here. Like, I'll be I'll be honest. Cundiff was the only name that I could have came up with off the top of my head once Ferguson graduated. Yeah, and. We saw a couple of good plays out of them, but yeah. then the injury and then a lot of the other guys, they didn't stay healthy or they really never made any plays. At least at the wide receiver position, you know, you have Chimray DK that should be pretty solid. Yeah. And you know that you have a few guys that are uh, also there that have a either played some somewhere else or B have shown some flashes when they have played. Oh, um, I have, I can't say I've seen any flashes from any other tight well, end. Yeah. Um, I just popped in my head. Jalen Franklin, the the one who yep. was the linebacker. They moved yeah. over last year due to it, uh, all the injuries. A developing, um, is it JT Seagraves is a, a developing one. I think he's like, I'm just not trying to think of like, I pulled up the roster here. Uh, a group consists of core players guaranteed to be starting for UW. There is not a single tight end I'm reading here that's going to be a guaranteed starter for UW. It's Graham Mertz, Braylon Allen, Shimmery DK, Tyler Beach, Joe Tittman, Jack Nelson, Keanu Benton, uh, Mullins, Turner, Herbig, Shaw, Smith, Torchio. There is no tight end on a guaranteed starting list. Yeah, I mean, and it's not going to be. And Rowdy's right, though. I mean, Jake, I mean, it's a safety blanket. Like, Jake Ferguson, you knew. Yeah. Like, he's going to be a beast. Right. And these other guys. I mean, some of them are well, relatively better recruited, but they've been like, like last year, everybody was out with injury except yeah. Cam Large. Here is so Clay Condiff, the one tight end that made that huge play against Notre Dame. Here is his career summary at Wisconsin: red shirt in 2019, but appeared in one game. Mm. Did not play in 2020. And then in 2021, he appeared in five games before suffering a knee injury against Iowa, missed the rest of the season, had three catches for 86 yards and that 43 yard uh, catch against, uh, or no, that wasn't Notre Dame, it was Michigan. Oh, Michigan. Okay. Who was the one who ta- caught the over the shoulder against Notre Dame? It could have been him, Didn't but he had, he, had a, anyway. he had two <laughs> huge catches game, against Michigan, <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like. Other than that, you can't name another tight end because it was Jake Ferguson. He was yeah. always there. He was a good player. Good Clearly, demand. he was drafted by the Cowboys. Yeah. But that's why I'm a little nervous about tight end because you you can't come up with another name. <laughs> well, if they can like, block, we should be okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> if they can block, we're good. Like you can come up with the Skylar Bells or the Marcus Allens, the guys that were, you know, four, five, six on the depth chart. <laughs> Four, five, six on the tight end. Depth chart was uh, injured. Mm-hmm. All right, so another question mark for Wisconsin is, and Rowdy, you said you're pretty comfortable with the offensive line. You just want to see it, obviously. I think the philosophy that Bostad brings versus Rudolph is something that I like more. Not the, hey, I just want my best five guys on yeah. the offensive line. I don't care if you're not really a guard. That, and that's, that's, what what you're in that's there. one of the I'm best sh- things I heard from his press when, conference. And when you were on vacay, what was it, two weeks ago, Nelly? Uh, RJ was in, and he said the same thing. He's like, you know what? I don't want just your best guys out there willy-nilly positions. Like, if he's yeah. going to play guard, he's playing guard. He's well, playing tackle, he's playing tackle. And he flat out said, like you're alluding to, when in his introductory press conference said, if I recruited you for a tackle, you're playing tackle. Well, that's the thing. It's like you look at that <laughs> mis- the position I got you for that mismatch of the line that they've had the last couple of years. Right. And it's yeah, you know that they're talented and you see those streaks at times where the offensive line just looks really dominant. Yep. And then at other times it looks like they're not exactly sure what they're doing out there. Yeah. I feel like just for an example, you have Jack Nelson who played left tackle his entire high school career. Then you move him into a guard position. That's one big guard. Yeah. At six foot seven. You don't see a lot of guards that are that big. And I feel like when you start flip flopping these guys, like when you have someone that's played tackle like that, for example, all of a sudden inside at guard at six seven, yeah. 
it's a little it's different because it's not something that they've done yeah. and now they're trying to learn yeah. and they're super because overall it was a younger line but it's a talented line mm-hmm. now you're trying to learn a new position in the Big Ten and it didn't help that your first three games were like Penn State Notre Dame some of the better teams on the schedule right all right so a little uh talk there of What's going to go on here as fall camp get underway on Wednesday? And then I want to get a little uh, compare and contrast here when it comes to defense. Because don't we know Wisconsin's always got a pretty damn good defense? Yeah, I mean, that's one I'm not going to worry about, not until, about I, it? until I actually have to. All right, something that always worries me when it comes to defense resides in the professional ranks, and that's for the Green Bay Packers. As a Packer fan, you know, from, from the relevancy of the Badgers... Yeah. Getting all the doldrums and the Packers getting all the doldrums of relevancy. What have we known about the two teams? Badgers, really good defense. Yeah. Packers, <laughs> oh. Jet black hair, Dom Capers, right? I mean, Jim Leonard saying no because he knows how yeah. what he can control. Preston Smith making some comments as training camp uh, gets underway again coming up here uh, today. They had off yesterday, but over the weekend, Preston Smith... Talking about the defense. We feed off each other. So he play well, I'm gonna play well. You know, I'm ready to go out there and play with him, see what he got, give him what I got, and, and, and play with these guys like Jaron and Kenny and Dean and then even the young Ricky DY. I'm just ready to get out there and play with these guys and contribute to a win. Alright, we've had a lot of chatter about the defense. They're gonna be top five. Some saying we'll be the best in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers joking about well, the wide receivers room on training camp started last week saying we're a defensive team now. Do you buy it? I know. What's the I know biggest question marks for you guys on this Packers defense? Because it's easy to say, look at the roster yeah. and say, oh, yeah, they were pretty good last year. They're probably constructed how they are now for a full season is even better. I think it's in the middle for the Packers defense. What's the biggest question mark for you guys? Because <laughs> um, everyone's talking like they're going to be lights out. This is top five. Yes. I got. I'm... I know my question marks. It's Devondre Campbell. Yeah. In the middle. Pretty much outside of Can he duplicate? Can he duplicate what he did last year? Can Rasul Douglas duplicate? That's that was the second one. It's Rasul Douglas and Devondre Campbell. Because Campbell, average linebacker in Atlanta in his other stops before Green Bay. Mm. Now he claims and the Packers claim that he's just a better scheme fit here in Green Bay. Okay. I haven't seen him play anywhere else where he's played to this type of level. Maybe there's something to that, right? Mm -hmm. But he's got to duplicate it. He just signed a contract. He's going to be there now for the next three years in Green Bay, and he's going to be making some decent money. But then the other part of that is, can Rasul Douglas continue to play at that level? Because if he can, now you have three corners that are really good to go along with the rest of that secondary. But... Rasul Douglas hasn't been able to consistently play at that level his entire career. What, he had like a decent season or two in Philly, kind of faded there, was kind of bouncing around from team to team, uh, was on the Cardinals practice squad before the Packers claimed him. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's not like he consistently has done this for years and years and years in the NFL. And he got a nice little three-year deal as well. So those are the two big guys. Are they not one-hit wonders? That have to play well. Totally. I think it's in the middle of the defense. You got the Rasul Douglas. And then just is the hype real for the Packers defense? Well, you know. Our whole lives, what have you known? Bad defense. You know that Kenny Clark is going to be a top five nose tackle in the NFL. Sometimes opportunistic. Yes. Even if Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith don't play well, you're going to imagine that there's still a decent one-two punch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you look at the secondary. We know what we know what Amos is, and he's going to be one of the better safeties in the league. Yeah. And we know what Savage is. Yeah. He's going to be a he's solid, a serviceable starter. Right. I mean, you look around. It's it kind of if you can get that good like nickel slash third. Uh, corner and your middle to play well again you should have a good team clearly mm-hmm. Hi, boys uh, and it's for a full year because remember yep. Douglas didn't get there until that uh, Arizona Cardinal yeah. game which was late October early November because that was when and he the, showed he, the, almost everyone he came on in the bright. Packers yeah. tore an ACL he came in hot man yep look, look good and then all right so I'm gonna do a Twitter poll which defense will have a higher or which team will have the higher ranked defense come season then Packers or Badgers See, this is an interesting question to answer because 
the Badgers. Yeah, thank you. I thought of it on the plane well, yesterday. The Badgers. <laughs> think about how how many teams there are. Yep. Now, yeah. would you say like a percentile? I mean, I haven't hit submit yet. You want me to? You want me to kind of? I'm just saying fiddle, because fiddle around on it. The easy yeah. answer would be the Packers because there's only 32 teams in the NFL. But look at the, what the Badgers have done. I mean, they haven't been outside of the top 10 for a few years. Yeah, and the West. I mean, obviously, look at who's their hardest games. Your uh, Ohio State. You got who else? Is Ohio on the road? State could put up 60 on the Badgers, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised. And then you got a bunch and of cupcakes that still to start. Might make their defense like. Third in scoring. Yeah. Like does does anybody look at like these preseason like, hey, these are how we rate the wide receivers in college football and the running backs and all this stuff? Ohio State should run yeah, through the totally. Big Ten. I mean, it's it's one of those if if you're returning a lot to a certain position and your position gets ranked high, I pay attention to it. If it's a bunch of freshmen, it's like basketball. You throw a freshman on the preseason All-American. Let him prove himself first. He's never well, have you seen never the, played in the NCAA. Have you seen? Oh, clearly Ohio State has a Heisman front runner at quarterback in yep. C.J. Stroud right now. Yep. That's a given. We and, always know that on offense and defensive line, Ohio State is going to be solid. Yep. Even in years that they're not great, their offense and defensive lines are solid. Yeah. Then you look at their running back position. They're supposed to have two really good running backs this next year. And we haven't even talked about the receiver position, who if you've seen the top 50 college football wide receiver lists, they have three on there. And some people are arguing that they should have four. Yeah, I mean. Four receivers in the top 50? They're they're loaded. If the Badgers get one, we feel ecstatic (laughs) about it. You have Smith and Jigba coming back. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Egbuka? Yeah, you nailed Something it. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, you got it. Um, totally. And yeah, Harrison Jr., I mean, there's... They're saying he's probably on on pace to have a big breakout year, too. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, just right there, like, you name... Okay, well, it, look at... Look it's at ridiculous. The, look at Wisconsin's schedule, though. Ohio State, we were just talking about, they can boat race him and the, uh, affect the defensive rankings come season's end, but it's the battle of the states, Illinois State, Washington State, New Mexico State... Are they going to be putting up points on the Badgers' defense? No. Is Illinois going to be putting up points on the Badgers' defense at Camp Randall? Is Northwestern going to be putting if up you, points on the Badgers' defense? If you think defense? of yeah. Illinois State and you think of New Mexico State. Is Maryland? If, if the Wisconsin Badgers actually play high-pressure defense for an entire game and don't take their foot off the pedal, you can't imagine that Illinois State or New Mexico State scores more yeah. than single digit. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way There's they no get way. to double digits. So you look at this Wisconsin schedule, the only team you're worried about putting up big numbers, Ohio State, obviously. Clearly. Oh, um, Michigan State and East Lansing. I, mean, yeah, I think possibly. it still might be a little early there for Mel Tucker. They're getting better recruits. I get that, like, but I, the, I still don't know if Iowa, year two I mean, what are they going to do in Iowa? Yeah. The game's going to be like 10-7 to 7 the, against the Iowa. Systems, the systems that Washington State and Maryland run uh, and Nebraska, those are ones where you could see them putting up points solely because it's like a, it's the spread option and really the option isn't there. It's just almost air raid for mm-hmm. most of them, uh, for those three. And and you're that's, telling me that's the type of system we saw it. Like Nebraska came darn close to beating Wisconsin last year. Um, so that kind of system scares me. But those three teams, I also don't see having great defenses to stop other people. You're telling me that this team right here. No, so you look at this and you're like, all right, Wisconsin's going to be a beast. And this is something that we don't ever have worry about is Wisconsin's defense. Then I just put the Twitter poll up. I'm just going to make it simple. Just go vote. Packers or Badgers, come season's end, who's going to have the higher ranked defense? And then you look at the Packers, look at the teams they play twice every year in the NFC North. Yeah. They're going to be abysmal. I mean, we already talked about how bad the Bears are going to be. Mm-hmm. Look at, you know, Jared Goff. Does he strike fear in you for air raiding it out? I mean, I know they're professionals. <laughs> they they got, there will be no air raid in Detroit this no. year. Yeah, the only thing that you can think I of is think Kirk Dan Cousins. Campbell knows but what they the air raid is. Well, yeah. look at Kirk Cousins. By and the, the way, do you see him doing push-ups? Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. getting into Yeah, it. he is. He is up there. That's why his players love him. He just does. <laughs> he, had his, he had his wrist tape. Yeah. You know what he kind of reminded me of? The King. Oh, Kinger? Yeah, his wrist taped up. Wrist tape. 
Yeah, the King was too busy slamming Miller lights in those shots for every Brewers victory. Dan Campbell, I don't know what it is. But, but yeah, you're never the, the Lions are never going to be an air raid team no. with Jared Goff. They're clearly the, going to be a the Bears. All their receivers are in jail, or they have an offensive line that's terrible. You could argue that being on a Chicago roster as a wide receiver with the quarterbacks that they have is close enough to being in jail. <laughs> yeah, your career is yes, your career is jail. About the guys, but that like are the three arrested. guys that have been arrested. And then you look at, and then Kirk Cousins can mail it out. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. But it's, the Packers' defense, is it the truth? Are you buying into it? I had to see it to well, believe you, it, obviously. You look at yeah. Jair Alexander and what he's done against uh, Justin. I'm feeling the hype. Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. For the most part, they've shut Justin Jefferson down when they've been healthy and had Jair Alexander. Mm-hmm. Now, Justin Jefferson, you let him uh, get loose for one catch. No, it could be. Big time, yeah, but no, uh, Mr. Jefferson, no, that's ignorant. No. Plus, they still have Delvin Cook, but again, that'll yeah, a, that kind of comes down to Devondre Campbell and then your corners again. Yeah, and what we were talking Rasul about, Rasul Douglas. Yeah. All right, news of the weird upcoming first line one. Good morning, who's this? It's me again. Hey, Polly. Oh, the Bears. Yeah, the Bears channel got you. I sit and listen to you blaspheme my Bears like uh, that. It's not, it's not blaspheming probably when it's the truth. Come on. They just signed Riley Reif and Mike Schofield. Those Michael Schofield, dollars. the guy that broke out of jail. Yeah, he broke out, out of jail. Prison, prison break. Prison break. <laughs> Polly, you're, 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 you're solidifying my argument. So he I'm helped telling, get his couple of receiver buddies out then too. <laughs> I think I think they're going to have a reboot of Prison Break. By the way, I think of I course they are Those, featuring the, some uh, Bears receivers. Why wouldn't they? But hey, you you guys are going to be eating some words this year. There's I no way. It. There's no way. You, you think they're going to suck? Yeah, but they're not. They're, they're going to win be five well games. Coached. They might. I bet they. I I could see them at five hundred, maybe a game or two below. But it's going to be. They're going to be in more games. It's going to be one of those years like the Lions had last year, was it? Yeah. Where they, the Lions could have won nine, ten games last yeah, year. Yeah, if their aunt had balls, they'd be their uncle. Hey, Paulie. I'm not saying if. I'm just saying they were right. You know how that happens every year? There's a team where they lose, I don't know, eight games by three points or less. You know, there's always those teams that are – their record looks like crap. Yeah, and then the next year, all of a sudden – all of a sudden they have a huge season. It's like, oh, it's a miracle. It's like, no, not really. They were good last year. They were just losing the close games instead of winning the close games. Paul, you say they're going to be well coached. What's the name of the Chicago Bears coach now? Eberflus. See, it's it's like, is it Eberflus, Eberflus? People don't even know his name, but he's gonna. they're going to be well coached? Potato, potato. He was the he was the defensive coordinator for all those good Colts defenses the last five years. You know yeah, I mean? well, potato, so he, potato, but the Bears are going to be fried, French fried, when they play and, the Packers. And, and you don't you don't spend time reading. I'm assuming I'm making an assumption. I shouldn't do that, but I assume you don't spend the time reading about the Bears and what's actually going on, like I do, because I have an. No, they're trying to get a new stadium or put a dome on it. And uh, soldier. Well, no, that's that's the. I'm mayor not much of a reader, to... but I do enjoy a good graphic novel here and there. <laughs> and um, instead, I'm just... sometimes I just flick on NFL Network and watch the Bears. I'm telling you, yeah, we have eyes, Paul. It's called the eye test. <laughs> they're gonna be. They're gonna be woke. You hear what the players are saying. He is holding everybody accountable. There is no. It, you, you definitely can, are listening to the coach talk. Hold everyone accountable. No, you 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 see the you can hear the difference from the interviews of the players based on Nagy and Everfluid. Was it like, was it was it five and a half or six and a half? The Vegas over. I'd have to look. Well, Paul, Paulie, we'll do a bet. I'll, I'll figure it out and do a bet with you. Okay. I'll yeah, take the under. Uh, I'm just saying, like, they're going to be – it's going to be solid. They're going to be a solid team. They're going to be a solid number two. And I'm not talking second in the division. I'm talking about a big stinky third. Well, you you can say that, but <laughs> – I just did. We'll see. Paul, we'll we love see. you, buddy. Oh, and hey, and the other news was they're talking about maybe the Jags moving to Chicago. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Rowdy, uh, was catching up with uh, Steve Mariucci and company for the NFL Network over the weekend and talking about, you know, how valuable training camp is. I see our own Mike Clemens was also catching up with Steve Mariucci and Stacey. I saw Dales. that. Yeah. With Mooch. I saw that, that selfie coming out of Mike rubbing elbows. Uh, who tells a longer story, Mike to Mooch or Aaron Rodgers to Mooch coming up here. Well, I guess I have Aaron Rodgers. I don't have Mike's. Uh, Aaron Rodgers does talk about training camp. It's, it's still as valuable as it is ever. I coached Steve young when he was 
your age, okay, 37, 38, 39. And I, I often wondered, you know, what motivated him and how meticulous he would be in his preparation in season, watching film, taking notes. His hair, he He's left-handed, and he's taking notes. 23Z in, and 2Jet Flanker Drive for the Great 8 place. millionth time, yeah. right? And are you as meticulous with your preparation now in season as you always have been? I'm going to pause it really quick. I think Mooch might ask as long as questions as our guy Mike Clemens. Yeah, I think you learn how to how to get yourself ready to play, though. I'll tell you, in training camp, I'm still taking notes on 200Jet, uh, Wide Dragon, Lion, Yeah, you know, and the same progression stuff. And we call Flanker Drive zebra out differently now but still it's the same notes because the more times you write it down the more it gets ingrained in your mind i got tom clements back in the room he said things to me in 2006 that stuck with me that i still blurred out and we have some laughs with already in the, <laughs> yeah. in the room about just that way of coaching and learning that that you can connect with a phrase or an image or a thought or an experience to learn these plays i think it's so so very important but i'm still taking the same notes it's it's learning that what preparation works best for you a combination of of the film study the study of your own plan and then leaving room for the instinct instincts and reactions to take over all right so roger's talking about preseason being the most you know in, in, invaluable let me ask you, Roddy, looking at our Twitter poll, which team will have the higher ranked defense come season end? Badgers start training camp on Wednesday. Packers back out of the day with uh, pads on, full pads tomorrow. Which defense will be ranked higher come season end? We know Rodgers is good at what he does. The Packers defense is always a head scratcher. Badgers or Packers? Right now, 54% going with the Wisconsin Badgers will have a higher ranked defense come season. Well, I know that they're going to be good at the linebacker position, and I know that they're going to be good with Keanu Benton on the defensive line, and you'd imagine that they they do figure out a way because didn't they bring in a, a few different uh, transfers at, in the secondary? They do have some experience returning in the secondary. Yeah, I'll go with the Packers, but the reason being, it's more or less just mathematics. Well, there's a ton of Division One football teams versus just 32 NFL teams. Mm-hmm. Say the Packers were dead last in the NFL, dead last, 32nd. Yeah. Badgers could have a hell of a defense and still be ranked 33rd. That's a good point. I'll go with the Packers. Just just odds. Oh, we say good morning if he is ready. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To a well-adverse traveler. Man knows all about the airports and rental cars and minimal amounts of partying. I had no problems in my flights. Ben, on the other hand, man, the Denver airport got you. Benjamin, good morning. Hey, guys. How's traveling? Happy Monday. Um, didn't get in until 1 a.m. last night. Was supposed to get in around 9 p.m., but delays, I don't know. So big complaints for the air flight, for flying for you. Air travel's a disaster. You want to know my biggest complaint, Ben? You couldn't recline your seat? Yeah. Were you listening? (laughs) I couldn't recline my seat again. No, but I knew that was coming. That was my only complaint. Couldn't recline my freaking seat. This big dude in front of me did recline his seat. Oh, God bless him. He paid for that privilege. On the plane, it was fine. I'm not going to name names, but the state of air travel in our country is pretty sad. Uh, United. Just delays, delays. Should have fun spirit like I did. It was beautiful. Cancellations. Spirit. I even put. I even brought in. Remember, I guys told you last time that uh, I was like paying for the, like the mini bottles of liquor. I just brought a bunch of my carry on. They didn't do anything about it. I just started slamming them on the plane. Nice. Apparently, it's frowned upon. Yeah, it is. I got fine with me. I got a good buzz on that flight. I was. I couldn't even keep my eyes open. It was a long day. I'm excited to be back. Uh, Nelson, I heard Friday was eventful. Yeah, I also heard it was Friday something. was very eventful. It was something. I heard it was a good time. Are you and Zach best friends now? Yeah, how was the show with Zach? Gloves came off in the first few segments. It's because of the whole gas tank thing. <laughs> and then it then it got the you know, the show back on the, the rails, but the seven o'clock hour. So come seven to ten, were you like you guys buddy buddy? Like how'd it go? Not buddy buddy, but uh, we did the show. Okay. <laughs> uh, ben, a question for you before we get this phone call. As Mr. Wisconsin that you are with the Badgers, who will have a, a better defensive ranking come season's end? The Packers, who everyone's talking about top five, number one defense. If you sell it, if you buy it, I mean, um, I need to see it still. Or the Badgers, who are always having a juggernaut of a defense. Ranking in the country? No, just like who will have a higher ranking? I mean, the Packers. You think so? I've never seen the Packers have a good defense. To me, there are 32 NFL teams. There are 130, maybe 131. Aren't the Badgers always like, they haven't been outside the top 10 in how many years? 2018. 
2020, they might have been outside the top 10, but that was weird. I, I think there's a much better chance they finish in the 20s, which is still, you know, means they have a good defense. It's just not top of the country dominant like it was last season. And the Packers, I think, are a lock to finish top five. A lock? Yeah, absolutely. You know, my whole life, I've never really seen a good Packers defense. I've seen ball hawking and opportunistic ones like when they won the Super Bowl. Well, I've deep. never seen a juggernaut of a Green Bay Packers defense. They're deep nearly everywhere except outside linebacker. They get a couple layups in the division. They play Jared Goff twice. They play Justin Fields twice. Yep. And I need to check exactly how their schedule compares to last season. But, but look at the look at the Badger schedule, though. I mean, Ohio State's one that can run you up. They're the only one. Maybe Maryland. Maryland might have the best. They might have the second best wide receiving core in the Big Ten behind Ohio State. And Talia can sling it. So their playing style, Nebraska, might scare you a little bit. Uh Aside from that, I mean, Purdue can throw, but we saw what happened last year. They can't run the football, so I don't think they can do much. Minnesota will be quite good, but that's a low-scoring game. Oh, our guy, our guy, Vagabond Johnny, just said, hold on a second. Ben, two weeks ago, said the Badgers' D would finish closer to 5th than 30th. Now he's saying the 20s? Did I say that? Well, if I had to compare the two, I good think the Badgers have a there. better chance of being ranked higher. All right, all right, I, I might have said the 5th to 30th. I can dig it. If I had to predict today, I would say in the teens. Okay. But that is kind of close. We'll see what happens. There's no wrong answer right now.